What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Man. I saw the Jordan Dog episodes five and six yesterday. Um, I think we all got a little mushy, you know, including myself when they showed Kobe in the beginning of the doc, you know, talking about Jordan and how much Jordan meant to him. And it's just, it's just crazy. Like, it's still hard to believe that, you know, Kobe's not here. But, you know, one thing we could take away from Kobe talking about Jordan is all this comparison stuff that we do on a day-to-day basis. You know, I truly believe that, you know, the players amongst themselves, they really just appreciate each other and and competing against each other and, and getting the best out of each other. But, you know, it's the media that really does all of this comparison stuff. But, you know, it's good to see that the amount of respect all these peers have for one another. And I, I know that, you know, the Pistons and and the Bulls, they sort of got some beats going on and all that. But that's cool too, man. At least they're keeping it authentic. And they're letting us know that that's how they really feel. You know, when they showed Kobe and Jordan in the garden, you know, they had Jordan in the locker room next to the Knicks logo. You know, I, what a better place than the garden to see a Jordan versus Kobe showdown. You know, the the current versus the future. And it was good to see that, you know, Jordan embraced Kobe as a up-and-coming player and helped him, you know, catapult, help him catapult into the player that he he was and, you know, the person he became. And and it just made me, you know, appreciate it even more. You know, I think, you know, eventually, you know, Kobe's doc is going to come out. There's so many docs. That's coming out. They got the Alex Smith documentary, you know, with his leg that broke pretty bad. You know, it's good to see him getting back on on the foot in the Clippers doc. You know, we getting docked out. And uh, that doc actually includes Doc Rivers because he was part of the Clippers organization at the time being. So, you know, I'm all for these fans. I mean, for these fans. I'm hopeful the docs coming out because you know we could use all this entertainment, you know, to help us get us by through these times that we're living in. But what was what I was really harping upon over the weekend, prior to the Jordan documentary, was about the Knicks dynasty that never really happened, and I think it's a damn shame. You know, I always felt like the NBA conspired against the Knicks. You know, outside of that PU and draft pick that we got for free and shit. And I feel like we have paid more than enough punishment for getting that first pick for free. You know, I love Pat Yu and everything he did, but if I knew it was going to be this torturous from 2000 on, and I probably would have been like, yo, let's give us the third pick or the fourth pick or whatever, man. But other than that PU and shit, man, we really haven't got much help. I don't want to hear about how we barely beat the Bulls in, in 94 because we got a favorable call, you know, and I don't think we got a favorable call since. And, yes, that that Larry Johnson four-point play was a fucking foul. You know, just because the play happened fast, it didn't mean he didn't get fouled. You know, it was obvious that Antonio Davis, you know, shoved him with his fucking forearm 
as Larry Johnson. I don't know if he was shooting it, but he was in the process of shooting it. So, like I said, the play happened fast. It blew the whistle. Water went crazy. So, I don't think there was any way they was going to play like, yo, it was just a foul on the floor. You know, to Larry Johnson's credit, you know, he went on with the play. And even if it wasn't a foul, the game would have been tied up at 91. So, it's not like the game was over. And Knicks got lucky. It would have been 91-91, and the game could have went to overtime, or the places could have won a regulation. But, yeah. So, I don't want to hear about that Larry Johnson four-point play not being a foul. I can understand the Hubert Davis shit, but that's not act like all these other elite teams haven't got their fair share of foul calls and stuff like that. But, yeah, because I could go over a, a list of certain teams and players that got away with shit for years. Or basically, their whole careers. But they want to quickly, you know, wash away our productive season with pure foolery. And, you know, any team that you guys root for, the Lakers, Warriors, Cleveland, Philly, if you really want to take it there, I, I, I will, you know, spill the beans if y'all want me to. But I'd rather not, you know. Um, but with me saying that the league conspires against the Knicks' success, I will also say that the Knicks never really helped in making this case because of the decisions that they make. But, you know, I'm still not over the suspension of all the Knicks players during the Knicks and Heat brawl. That was some bullshit. You know, the Knicks deserve another shot at losing to the Bulls when Michael Jordan came back. The Knicks would have won the Heat series, but obviously they didn't. You know, I'm still not over the game six versus the Pacers in 2013. And I found it very interesting that the Pacers shot 46 free throws in the playoff game, which was very physical, quote-unquote. You know, they called this touchdown on Melo in the third quarter in game one with about eight minutes left. And after that, the Knicks could have never recovered in the series. You know, they couldn't even give Melo the benefit of the doubt. But they allowed Paul George to continuously flop in the fourth quarter of game six and whatnot. And at the end of the day, it is what it is. You know, what can we do? You know, I can make a case that the Knicks could have won championships from 1996 to 2000. How? You might ask. Well, I'm glad you did. And the first thing that happened was in 1995, at some point, Shaq O'Neal was on the trade block. And Donnie Nelson, who was a member of the Knicks, he had a chance to, to trade P. Ewing for Shaq. And I love P. Ewing. He held it down for New York. And he still is the greatest nigga of all time. Plain and simple. And honestly, whoever leads us to the crown or the promised land is going to get the crown. And I really think that that trade would have been perfect because Orlando Magic, they didn't want to pay Shaq O'Neal. And it was evident when he left for free. At least the Magic would have got P. Ewing out of it. And the crazy thing is that, you know, P. Ewing, he, he ended up on the Magic anyway. You know, I don't remember if it, he was on the Supersonics first, but he did end up on the Magic. And I know so because I have his basketball card on the Magic. And, of course, I got his card on the Knicks too, man. I ain't going to do that to P. Ewing. No. I got to have a, I gotta have his Knicks card. No. But, you know, they also... They, I don't know who Day is, but they also say, you know, when the Knicks didn't let P. Ewing retire as a Knick, 
the Knicks have been cursed. So I, I think we got to find a way to bring PU in back so we can lift this curse as well. But bam, that right there is a clear Knicks fuck up. And once I got, and they said that once that Ewing got word that he might get traded for Shaq O'Neal, Don Nelson got fired at some point. And that came back to haunt the Knicks about 14 years later when he made, he made sure the Warriors drafted Steph Curry. Uh, and that shit hurt because the city really wanted Curry and Curry really wanted us. And let's just be straight about that. No. But I wish, I wish Don Nelson got a Shaq O'Neal. And I also feel like Shaq was tailor-made for NYC. You know, his lifestyle, his off-court personality, you know, probably get him more money than he was getting in L.A. I know it's a tough stretch to pull, but I think he could have got more money in L.A. I mean, in New York than L.A., especially if he got a chip. And I know for a fact that he would have embraced trying to get the Knicks a chip. And I know, I know Ewing did too, but because he did leave it out on the court every single game. You know, I see him with his knee pads wrapped up, iced up because of all the physical play. And I think the year afterwards, you know, I think this documentary of The Last Dance, if I think it's made it more evident that, you know, the Bulls, they didn't really want to pay anybody. Well, that's the perception I'm getting. I could be wrong, but there was an offer on the table that the Knicks had made in August of 95 or 96. I think it was 96. 96, 97, 97, 97. Yep, it was 1996 because Jordan got paid about $63 million from 1996 to 1997 and 1997 to 1998. So, it was August of 1996, the summer of 1996, and, and the Knicks had an offer on the table for about two years, $60 million, and all of a sudden, at the last minute, the Bulls matched the offer, and... I wish the NBA stepped in and said, nah, you had your time with Jordan for a long enough time and, and you know, tell the Bulls to kick rocks. And instead of a Shaq, Jordan, Shaq, O'Neal duo playing in New York, the Knicks messed up by not getting Shaq in the first place. And I'm pretty sure that Jordan wanted to team up with Ewing because they're good friends and stuff. And, and they go back since the whole Georgetown UNC rivalry. But with Jordan and Shaq, we definitely would have won because we also had Pat Riley at the helm. And you know, Pat Riley is an underrated basketball genius that we don't mention enough in the NBA, but it's often kept under the rug. And I really wish the Knicks did whatever they could have to keep Pat Riley, you know, because you know, his ability to, to adjust in every era is amazing to me. And he's still keeping the heat relevant till his day. And I wish he was given ownership or whatever he wanted. Because if that was the case, I'm pretty sure we're going to get Jordan and Shaq. And we probably have a dynasty in the making. You know, the Knicks definitely would have a chip is what I'm saying by now. At least by now they would have had a chip. You know, unfortunately, we didn't then. And then in 1990 or 2000 or whatever, whichever year the Jets and the Knicks went for sale, it, it was purchased by Dolan, and um, we know how the rest has played out so far. So, shout out to James Dolan, though, for recovering from the coronavirus and donating his blood for future relief and study and, and all that good stuff. You know, So if you have Shaq, 
O'Neal and Jordan and Pat Riley, we definitely having a dynasty for sure. And that means the Bulls are not having a second three-peat. And that means that Kobe probably wouldn't have Shaq in 2000 because Shaq would have been with the Knicks and whatnot. The Spurs probably don't get their first ring in 1999. And I could have met that Greg Popovich gets fired because he also had a bad... A, the season before, they was in the lottery. So I think, you know, like I said, it would have been a lot of great things for the Knicks, you know. And, you know, with Pat Riley's ability to adjust to each and every era... And with the track record that he already has now, but the track record he would have had with the Knicks, with Jordan and Shaq, and fucking himself, he probably would have. We probably would have got LeBron and K. LeBron in two thousand and ten. He probably would have got KD and Kyrie now. You know, if you're missing some sort of credibility, some sort of person that I guess the, the players look up to, him like yeah. I want to play for them. Yeah, I know. I trust that person. I see what they got going on over there. You know, Pat Riley, and I respect his basketball ball mind. The slick back hair, because the slick back hair, the slick back hair, it adds more confidence to whatever he chooses to do. You know, because I know Pat Riley's going to be in Miami as long as he wants to stay there. You know, his resume speaks for itself. You know, if the Knicks could ever find a way to get P. Riley and Ujiri, that's what it might take to restore order in New York. You know, like this thing would disrupt the Lakers dynasty, the Spurs dynasty. And who knows what would have happened. You know, Phil Jackson could have came to New York to coast the Knicks and shit too. All this stuff is nice to imagine. But sometimes just the thought of things, it just feels great. You know, somewhere in the alternative universe, this could have possibly happened already. And I'm just not in that universe. But if I could find a way to get into that universe, that would be amazing. You know, um, I almost forgot what made me think about this dynasty even more. And this was, I think, last week when Magic Johnson said that he almost played for the Knicks in 1996. And the crazy thing was that Magic, you know, he took a four-year hiatus and because that of he had to retire because of age. And he came back in 1996 and he played about 30 minutes a game. He's about 35 years old, but he's averaging 15 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, and about 30 minutes a game. That's not a bad for a point guard in that era. I think that's not bad for any point guard, and especially with the game and the pace of the game and how slow it was. And I think 15, 6, and 7 is pretty solid. And when Magic you know, said that he wanted to play for the Knicks and the Lakers wouldn't allow him, and... I was just like, damn, you just pouring slow on the wound. You know, then you think about it with Jordan, Shaq, and Magic on one team. Yeah, I know Magic is past his prime. But Magic as a third option, dishing the ball to Jordan and Shaq, I, I take him over the point guards of the Knicks that they had at the current time. And that's just me being frank. I mean, that's just me being honest. I seen enough footage of Magic Johnson in 1996 to say, you know what? He would have been a great player for the Knicks, especially as a third option, because he would know when to get Jordan the ball, he would know when to get Shaq the ball, and he would know when to do him. You know, but unfortunately, the Lakers wanted to be on some bullshit. Let him say we're not letting Magic go to the Knicks, and and there's like reasons for Knicks fans to hate the other teams. You know, but it's cool. It is what it is. Like I mentioned. 
Like with the whole Don Nelson drafting Curry before we were supposed to pick him. The Lakers not wanting to give us magic. Yeah, like that's some real hateable offenses right there, you know. I don't know what we did for other teams to hate us or other fans bases to hate us. Other than the fact that we just really like our team and we want to see our team do good. You know, back to the Jordan dog. You know, it gets frustrating talking, hearing other players talk about, oh, we love the garden. We love going to the garden. We love lighting up the garden. Like, all I hear is, yo, we love busting the Knicks' ass. And I don't really like hearing that shit, man. I really want to hear someone say, like, yo, man, can't wait to play for the Knicks and play in the garden 41 nights for a regular season and another, uh, like, 10 more home games in the playoffs and shit. I'm tired of just, yo, you know, playing the garden twice a year, so we're going to try to drop 50. Nah, man, that's why I appreciate R.J. Barrett, you know, embracing this whole Knicks culture or whatever it is of it at the moment because it gets frustrating. Uh, I did remember, I forgot what book it was when Jordan said, I always did wonder what it would feel like playing for the Knicks. I mean, it would be great, bro. That's all I got to tell you. It would be great. You know, so... My only rift that I really had with P. Riley, though, back to Pat Riley, was that he should have played Hubert Davis more in Game 7 of the NBA Finals because he was getting busy. You know, John Starks, though, to his credit, he did ball out from Games 2 to 6. I just wish Hakeem didn't really tip the rock in Game 6 because if he don't tip the ball, the Knicks probably win in 6. And it still eats me till this day that they blew a 3-2 a lead. You know, they were literally just one game away from winning the chip and Hakeem tipping the rock in game six and then John Starks being a no-show in game seven. They won the chip. I'm tired of, like, hearing stories about how certain other players almost ended up playing for the Knicks because that team will probably be the greatest team ever. You know, the players I've heard about almost played for the Knicks. Let's mention them. Jordan, Shaq, Magic. Will Chamberlain, KD. That's just, that's a crazy starting five right there, man. Magic, Jordan, KD, Shaq, and Will. I mean, Shaq and Will. That's a great issue to have. I don't care what y'all say. Like, put them against Tim Duncan and David Robinson. I like my chances with Shaq and Will. But. That's when I thought I was done hearing about these stories about players almost joining the Knicks. It was yesterday, the day of watching the Jordan doc, that um, James Worthy, another former Laker, talking about, hey, I almost ended up playing for the Knicks in 1991, but unfortunately it didn't happen. And I was like, all right, enough. I guess we're just not worthy of any of these great players. I'll take that back. I guess we weren't worthy of all these great players. But now, moving forward, I think we are and we will be. And that's all I got to say. You know, because it, it, it gets painful because as Knicks fans, you know, we mind our businesses a lot. Like, we really mind our own business. And then we wake up and then I remember Curry saying, yo, I thought I was a Nick. Magic Johnson, yo, I wanted to play for the Knicks. Jordan, you almost went to the Knicks, and I wonder what it would feel like playing for them. Will, almost ended up on the Knicks. Shaq, 
Fuck. I know he would have been with the shits, man. I don't know he would have. But all that was an alternative universe. You know, we had Pat Riley in our hands and you know, we let him go. I really wish we didn't, but you know, it is what it is. You know, that's all I really got to say today. You know, go Knicks. Let's put this shit together brick by brick. And I got faith in Leon Rose, Scott Perry to make shit happen. And, you know, let's make it happen. Yo, you know what's crazy, y'all? I think I keep forgetting to let y'all know what episode and, and shit this is, man. Um, this is episode 17 of Just Another Knicks Fan, hosted by your host, a.k.a. Cap Jack. Jack Cappin. Nope, not a case. But um, back to what I said earlier about the media, you know, getting in the way of things. You know, it just reminded me of, like, I heard, I think your name, I think the lady's name is Taylor Rooks or Rooks Taylor. But, um, you know, she was mentioning how that we got to appreciate the present and we got to stop comparing these legends and all of that cool stuff. And um, she was saying it very vibrantly and passionately, passionately. So I thought that was pretty cool what she was saying. You know, I don't think eye candy is going to get in the way of, of making my decisions. I mean, uh, there's no basketball being played. There's nothing on TV. And um, they're watching this great Michael Jordan documentary that is helping us get through these times. And you're talking about appreciating the present where we are. Uh, we're watching this documentary. Um, you work for platforms that do comparisons every single day. Or I wouldn't even say work. You collaborate with platforms that do these comparisons and things on a regular basis. So sometimes you got to make sure that, you know, your hands are clean too when, when it comes to doing and saying these things. And just because you were saying it loud and passionately doesn't mean you was right. I mean, the point, yeah, your point you're making is right, but but when you're part of the reason why these comparisons are happening and, Talk about appreciating things. How about we just appreciate this doc? You know, I think we needed it because we don't have that access to Jordan as we do to LeBron on a day-to-day basis because of the times we were in. Because of the times that Jordan was in, there wasn't much access and much media or digital, all that stuff. But with LeBron, it's more accessible. And who says we don't appreciate LeBron? Uh, I think it's the media that makes it think like us fans don't appreciate LeBron. We love LeBron. As a player, as an athlete, as a father, all that stuff he does, man, we love it. But sometimes we get frustrated when y'all show us every little thing he does. Like, yo, LeBron took his shit. All right, cool. Yo, LeBron did this. Like, I we get it, man. We like watching LeBron play basketball. We don't care about the other shit. Y'all show us on a day-to-day basis. That's where people get frustrated. It's not LeBron. It's actually the media. So uh, I just want to address that to, to her. Because, you know, a lot of people are saying, like, yo, she made a valid point. Yeah, she did, but she's part of the reason why these comparisons happen as well. And don't hit on the past, because the past is what created the future and the present. So, you know, we should appreciate it all. Um, like I said, I saw LeBron playing the guard and appreciated the shit out of it. Uh, seeing Jordan play against the Knicks and the Wizards. I appreciate it. I appreciate all of this shit, man. I love basketball. I love all this shit. And I appreciate it all. And, um... And if we wasn't going to do none of this comparing stuff or who we like better or who we think is better, there would be no ESPN. There would be no 
Bleacher Report. There would be no Fox Sports. There would be no CBS Sports, NBC, whatever. It's not going to be none of this shit because all we're going to do is watch the games and appreciate it. So what's the point of her job? What's the point of anybody's job? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the point of fucking... Remember, there was a point in time where ESPN just showed us the news and the scores, and that was it. You know? And now it was all this other shit. But it's part of the evolution of what's going on. And I think part of comparisons is is to also appreciate a player. Whether we're bigging them up or not or bringing them down, is still putting someone on a pedestal to see how great they were or how great we think they are and stuff like that, you know. And another thing, you know, all of the stuff that we do, you know, ESPN, sports, CBS, Fox Sports, you know, can't forget MSG because I love watching MSG because I'm a Knicks fan. So all of this stuff is just entertainment, man. And we cannot take it too serious. It's just entertainment. Like, it's, it's to help pass our time. It's to help us get inspired. But at the end of the day, it's just entertainment, man. And those were three words said to me by my father. At a very young age, that probably saved me from a lot of stress. And being a Knicks fan, it's a lot of stress. So I just wanted to make that point clear. And I'm pretty sure she wasn't the first one to say we should appreciate the current players and stuff like that, but... No, but when the current players and the past players saw appreciation for each other, it's a beautiful thing. And that's what I mentioned earlier with Kobe and Jordan, like that was beautiful. You know, um, I always find it, you know, like Oscar Robinson, when he was embracing Russell Westbrook during his whole triple-double barrage, like it's beautiful. That's the history, appreciating the past, appreciating the future. So, you know, a lot of these narratives is created by the media, you know, you're trying to have us regular fans looking crazy. It's not us regular fans. We're just having regular conversations because we're passionate about this shit, you know. You can't be out here taking shots at us like that. And then, like I said, because you're eye candy, you know, a lot of dudes is going to agree. Like, yo, she right, yo, she right, yo, we should. I ain't doing that, man. Like, but it's cool, though. Like, I'm glad she she said her piece. And, you know, it is right, though. When basketball resumes, you should appreciate LeBron, Giannis, and all of them. Paulie George, fuck with PG, man. Fuck with Paul George. There's a lot of greatness out there, man. R.J. Barrett on the threshold of greatness. Got John Morant, nice. I'm missing a lot of people, man, but it's cool. You know, us tuning in on a day-to-day basis is, is us showing greatness. It's, it's just, like I mentioned before, the, these sports channels, these sports outlets, they know the analytics of what's going to get the clicks and likes, and that's why a lot of these things are done. And our jobs as fans is not to, is to make sure that we don't take it too serious because a lot of these players, man, we arguing over, they be chilling, laughing at us. So that's why it's important that we don't take this shit too serious. And, and with that being said, man, I'm officially out of here for sure this time. And, and this is episode 17 of Just Another Knicks Fan. Hosted by your host, you know, Jack F. Cap Jack. And I'll make sure I'll, I'll start to announce the episodes in the beginning of the episode instead of the end of the episode. You know, good talking to y'all. I'll be back soon.